This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Sleepaway Camp. It's a rite of passage for some kids and a significant milestone. While it's exciting, it can also be worrisome. Children might wonder, will I make friends? Will I be homesick? As families prepare to send kids off to overnight camp, actress Jamie Lee Curtis and Audible are releasing season two of her camp-themed podcast for kids. Here's a listen. The bus ride went by pretty fast, and before I could decide on whether I should give finger guns or thumbs up to my new counselor, we were in Maine and arriving at camp. Hey, welcome back. Let's head on over to Maple. Oh, before I forget... Director Sue, hi. Um, there have been a ton of calls in the office, so red alert. Fanny. Because it's a lot of calls. Breathe. It's at least, you know, 12 to 13 calls. Breathe. So, um, you know, it's all happening. Red alert. Breathe, Fanny. It's first-time parents, I'm certain. Well, joining us is actress and co-creator Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie, welcome to Reset. Welcome to you for having me and for us being together here in this moment together. I'm happy to be here. I'm very happy to talk to you, and I'm happy to support radio stations that are publicly supported so that they have an independent voice and thought. Oh, thank you. We appreciate you so much. Um, Now, in that clip, we got to hear you playing Camp Director Sue. So can you describe Letters from Camp for us? Sure. So it's a fascinating story. My goddaughter, Boko Haft, is the writer of the show. Boko Haft's mother, my friend, Lisa, sent me an unsent letter from camp when Boko was 12 years old. She wrote me a letter from camp, but never sent it. And about two years ago, her mom sent it to me saying, hey, I found this in Boko's room. And it was the perfect 12-year-old letter from camp. You know, dear Godmother Jamie, I got into trouble. I made a mistake. I wish you were here to talk to. But, you know, it's just a wonderful 12-year-old's letter. And Boko is now 27 years old and a comedy writer in California. And I called her up. I said, Boko, I received your, you know, many, 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 many years, uh, you know, too late letter, and I think we have a show here. Mm. And that's how the podcast began. It began with a real letter from camp written by the writer uh, when she was 12 years old. That is so cool. Well, you know, Jamie, although these scripted podcasts uh, like Letters from Camp, they're considered sort of a newer form of entertainment. uh, But in some ways, 
Don't you think they're almost like the very early radio shows that they were are. super popular? That's what's so wonderful is that we have in this new attachment to the audible experience, to auditory listening. What's happened is it's old-timey radio shows. It's the old, uh, before television, before there were visual entertainments, people would listen to the radio. And so the podcast world has become a lovely sort of sub structure of the traditional radio listening and it is a comedy podcast it's scripted it's for tweens but it's really for families the thing that has been so successful we were such a success last year on audible we were the number one podcast that they had during the time when we first released it and what we learned from that is that families are looking for something they can all listen to so the tweens in your life will love it it's funny It's subversive. It has some, you know, energy to it. And then, of course, the adults who all went away, if we were lucky enough to go to summer camp, they will get that lovely nostalgia and the memories of what it felt like to reinvent yourself at summer camp, which is what I think is so great about camp. Did you go to overnight Uh, camp? Of course I did, darling. (laughs) How could I be Director Sue if I did not? You were channeling it from somewhere. Well, did you like it? I loved it. I loved the reinvention. I loved the compartmentalization of camp where you live out of a trunk. All your possessions are in this one box. Mm -hmm. And you have to learn how to maintain it. And I just, for somebody like me, camp was a dream. I loved every aspect of it. I loved the group work. I loved being in a group. I loved being in a bunk. I loved lanyards and arts and crafts and archery and water sports. I loved bug juice and camp songs. (laughs) And the smell of camp, which is usually in the mountains if you're lucky, and that lovely freedom yeah. That little children, young children, don't really get. We're in school. We follow the rules. We go here. We go there. We go to soccer practice. We come home. We do our homework. We go to bed. And camp allows all of that to fall away, and you get to find out who you really are in a new space. You know, as fun and entertaining as this series is, Jamie, it also addresses head-on the worries that some kids might have about camp, right? Can you talk more about some of those fears? Well, of course, you know, the adolescent life is sort of a a, a conundrum of fears and expectations and comparisons. It is, uh, it is a rite of passage, we call it, right? A coming of age. Well, that's a process. And in that process, You have to look at it head on and be able to talk about identity issues, um, not only family dynamic issues. One of our characters in, in, you know, the second season is having a family issue. Mm -hmm. Um, There are obviously the beginnings, the burgeoning understanding about the attraction to other people and this idea of being young and being at camp and do people like me and all of the self-identity, who am I? You know, the, the motto of the camp logo, which was done weirdly enough by an independent artist when we hired him to design a logo for the camp. But because the camp was founded in the 20s, he made the camp logo 
be you, which really is what camp is about. It is becoming you. It is learning about you. And that self-discovery is the special sauce of camp that I think anybody listening will remember what they learned about themselves when they were challenged by the feelings that are associated with going away to camp. Is that how, because I'm thinking of the fact that you, you continue to have this strong message throughout, not just this series, but your books, right? You're, you're an yes. author of many children's books. Yes. I wonder how you create things for kids that have this positive message and also make sure that it's entertaining. Well, I think the way I have tried is I've told the truth, which is that life is not easy. Life is hard. My bestseller, my, my you know, blockbuster book was called Today I Feel Silly and Other Moods That Make My Day, which is about moods and feelings and that one day you feel great and one day you feel terrible. One day you're really happy and carefree and one day you're filled with frustration and you're angry because your best friends had a sleepover and they didn't invite you. Whatever the issue, what I've tried to do in my entire life is tell the truth. Because to me, the truth is what makes you relatable. If I'm a BS artist, if I'm someone who's just spewing kind of fluff, there's no attachment to it of a feeling where you go, oh, yeah, I can relate. I'm in recovery um, for 23 years. I've been sober. And it's primarily because people can relate. You know, for me, people relate to it and go, yeah, I have that issue too. That to me is what's special. So I don't care if the audience is a four-year-old. My first book was called When I Was a Little, a four-year-old's memoir of her youth. Mm -hmm. Because I realized when my daughter was four that she had a past even though all I kept imagining was her future. She was talking about the good old days. <laughs> At like four years old. baby. And I think if I can relate to you with whatever it is I'm doing, and you can relate to me, then we're doing something. And that's, to me, why I think I've been successful, because I don't, I think people know that I tell the truth. Well, I want to name drop a little bit, Jamie, because uh -oh. you've got some big name actors in this with you. You've got Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes, that was, so in season one, Jake Gyllenhaal played our wa water sports director named Trout. We have Edie Patterson, who's a, a recurring character of Fanny, who you played a clip of, who's hilarious. <laughs> and Kirby Howell-Baptiste, who's so great in Cruella right now. She plays the Ph.D. candidate who's the camp cook. And this year... The camp is taken over by uh, a supposed heir to the Cartwright. The camp is called Camp Cartwright. And that character, the man who shows up sort of unannounced and claims ownership of the camp, is played by Daniel Radcliffe, who, weirdly enough, I played his mother in a movie called The Tailor of Panama. <laughs> and now here you are, full circle. Full circle. <laughs> Adam Sandler's daughter, Sonny, is in there too, right? So. Adam's daughter, Sunny Sandler, is our star. The character she plays is named Mookie Hooper. She is the 11-year-old girl you meet in season one, the 12-year-old in season two, who is the voice of the show. It's letters from camp. Her character, Mookie Hooper, is writing letters to her best friend, Kelly. And Mookie, Sunny, is the voice of the show. 
and all of the point of view, all of the relatability of being 12 years old comes through her performance. She is spectacular. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And with us on the show is actress Jamie Lee Curtis. We've been talking about her new scripted audible podcast, Letters from Camp. Jamie, I want to pivot the conversation for just a moment. Of course. California recently lifted all COVID restrictions. So first of all, how did you spend this pandemic? How did it impact your life? Well, it impacted my life in the way it impacted everyone's life in that our lives shifted and pivoted in in every aspect of our work, family, dance that we all try to do if we're lucky enough to have work and family. Luckily, my circle of close family and friends, um, although a few people I know did get COVID, we didn't lose anybody from COVID, and no one was seriously, seriously ill. Um, you know, obviously yesterday we or last week we passed the 600,000 milestone of death yeah. in the United States. And, you know, it's a staggering number. And I think we are all trying to regain our footing. And I think everyone has been changed. And I think we are going to look at things very differently. And whether or not you lift a mask mandate or that you allow people to gather, we're gathering with a new perspective. And, you know, that's called life. Um, In recovery, we have a phrase, life on life's terms, not our terms, because life has a way of doing that. And so I do think it's been a profound change, and we are just about to – start to analyze it a little bit and say, really, what what are the changes we're all going to make as human beings from this forced isolation? And from my personal standpoint, I, I have been very creative during this uh, lockdown. Letters from Camp came out of the lockdown. Another podcast that I'm releasing on iHeart in July called Good Friend, where I'm in conversation with various women and men mm-hmm. from all over the world about the importance of friendship, the power of friendship, the complexity of friendship. Um, so I've, I've done two podcasts. I've started a company. All during I, the pandemic. All during the pandemic. And then the most important thing I've done is that I started a charitable company called My Hand in Yours. It offers comfort and celebration items to people in times of crisis and celebration. It was born basically from the pandemic, and all of the money raised on MyHandInYours.com, you can buy beautiful sculptures of hands being holding each other. You can buy beanies and hats and candles and blankets and necklaces and um, note cards and like I, <laughs> yeah. I now have a, a beautiful coffee mugs and lavender eye pillows. Every penny from myhandinyours.com goes to Children's Hospital Los Angeles. My husband and I underwrite the entire venture so that 100% of every penny that comes into our store is given to charity. And that has proven to be the most satisfying, most substantial contribution that the pandemic lockdown gave me an opportunity to really connect my heart, my advocacy, my pockets, book to 
a group that I've been working with for a very long time, which is Children's Hospital Los Angeles. I am born and raised in Los Angeles, so it yeah. it, it has been it's personal. a yeah. very satisfying venture and also very satisfying for the people who've participated. So for any listener, just go to myhandinyours.com. You will find something to buy for someone to say that you're thinking about them. Our motto is you are not alone. You know, it's a way of connecting and remember that every penny you give me, I give away. Every penny. There's no admin fees. There's no overhead. There's pure profit directly to the Children's Hospital, and it's been really successful. That's wonderful. You know, Jamie, although you are best known as an actress, parents also know you for your many kids' books, right? Yeah. I mentioned them earlier, but do you have more kids' books, perhaps, on the horizon? I may just this very second... Yes. I've gotten an email that a book that I wrote may have just been purchased. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So, yes, <laughs> I hear books from children. Like, I am a 63-year-old woman. I'm married for a very long time to my lovely husband. We have grown-up children. I am not around a lot of young children anymore. I was for a long time when I was raising two with 10 years in between them. So mm-hmm. I heard a lot of books because I hear children. And then I write books to something I hear. My son came home one day being very frustrated that they were being teased at school about something. And he came back and he looked at me and I said, what's going on? He said, is there really a human race? And I realized that someone had said something in a pejorative way to him. And I went inside and wrote a book called, is there really a human race? All about competition, Mm. all about what does it mean to be a part of a group of people? Are we all just competing all the time? And by the way, the college scandal was a perfect example. Competition, competition, got got to get ahead of everybody. It's really that, I think, what the pandemic taught us is we're all in this together. Yeah, interesting that you're bringing these, what could be complicated topics to the kid level. So that's also brilliant, too. Well, that's just, again, I think it goes back to telling the truth. Life is hard. And um, I think if we acknowledge it, and then put words and feelings together in a way with good illustrations that, you know, the more we talk about how we feel, I think we all feel better. Well, you know, it, it sounds like you really enjoy these many different creative mediums that you're, you're working in. You're involved in so much. You're acting, you're writing books, you're producing podcasts. I got to ask, though, do you have a favorite? A favorite of all of it? Yeah. Anything that I create is a favorite. So if it's a child, so writing books for children, which was not something I ever thought I would do, I barely got out of high school, um, is particularly satisfying because it comes from my brain. So it's therefore, you know, being an actor, I'm just interpreting other people's work. Now, if it's a project that I have created, that's a different story because then there's a creation to it. It's an art form. I am an artist. I I now can say that with strength and commitment. For a long time, it was very hard for me to say that. I always felt like I was just like an actor. But I actually am an artist, and an artist's life is a creative life, and I have been privileged and blessed to live a creative life in all the areas that I get to do. I do it with nothing but enthusiasm. I am an incredibly positive person, and 
my motto right now is, if not now, when? If not me, who? So therefore, I'm like, well, there's nothing standing in the way, because if it's not me, then who's going to do it? And so that's how I've really approached this sort of 62-year, you know, it really started after I turned 60. It was just sort of get going, James, because you have some stuff to do before you go. Well, when listeners put their headphones on and they listen to season two of Letters from Camp, what do you want them to take away? I want them, if they're young, I want them to sort of get lost in the story and the characters and laugh and imagine if they're going to go to camp or have been to camp or thinking about going to camp about what that would be like for them and what they would do in the same situation, again, relating to the characters. For me, what I would hope for an adult listening or a family is the nostalgia of remembering our childhoods, remembering the pleasures that camp brought, and most importantly, having a dialogue with a family. So it's just another way of communicating and remembering things and then bringing up, you know, camp songs. Yeah. I bet you, you could sing a camp song, and I'd go, oh, yeah, I know that one, and mm-hmm. I'd sing one, you'd go, oh, yeah, I know that one. That's what camp does. It unites us, and I hope that's what the show does. That is actress Jamie Lee Curtis, performer and co-creator for the Audible podcast, Letters from Camp. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you. God bless you guys. And thanks for your independent spirit and uh, continue doing your good work. Thanks, Jamie. God bless. Take care. Big breaking news. Conversations around the arts. Stories that tell us more about who we are. That's what we bring you every day here on Reset. For more, go to wbez.org slash reset or tell your smart speaker to play WBEZ's Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.